0: Welcome to the Podcast to Amplify show, the podcast for women leaders who are ready to spend less time feeding the algorithm and more focused time leveraging podcasting as a strategic tool to accelerate their business growth. I'm your host, Rosemary Callender, podcast launch strategist, mom of one, and Netflix chocoholic. You're in the right place if you want to learn everything you need to know about creating a strategic and intentional podcast that attracts high quality leads and visibility opportunities for your business. Now, are you ready to amplify your voice impact and revenue? Then let's head into this week's episode. Hello there and welcome to another episode of the Podcast to Amplify show. I'm really, really excited because today I have a special guest who is in fact the first guest that I've had on under the newly rebranded show. So Emily, welcome. I'm so excited that you're here. Emily is a content copywriter, podcast host and founder of She Built This Community. She's been an entrepreneur since 2014 and has lots of experience in running brick and mortar as well as online businesses. She's worked with marketing clients in over 96 different industries and loves helping those with a big mission, increase their visibility, connect with clients and bring their message to life. For fun, Emily loves word games and crosswords, reading, listening to lots of podcasts, of course, and tromping around in the woods with her husband, Jason, and their dog, Clyde. Hey, Emily, thank you so much for being here. How are you today?
1: Great. Thank you so much for having me and how lucky I am to be the first guest under the new rebrand. Yes. And third times the charm. We've had some we've had some technical issues Guys, that have brought us to this moment. <laughs> the universe has been playing <laughs> with us, but we are here and I'm
0: really really excited to talk to Emily about all things visibility. But before we do, I know I kind of introduced you Emily, but I would love to learn a bit more about you like an entrepreneur since 2014 that you know nearly 10 years in the game that is quite something and working with clients from over 96 different industries, I can't even come up with 30 (laughs) so tell us a little bit more about you and your background
1: yeah so thank you for that that's so fun um I mean realistically I feel like I've been an entrepreneur since I was a kid like I was that kid that created a neighborhood newspaper and distributed it. And I started like a gopher service, which is like you go run errands for people and lemonade stands and all of that stuff. So it's always been something like it's always felt really um, important for me to have my own business. But I found myself like I went to school for a health education, which is like super random. And then I wanted to be like a health coach, like before health coaches were even like a thing. Um, So I found myself working for a lot of a lot of chiropractors and wellness people that were kind of in that, you know, on that path. But I always was missing that piece where I was working for myself. And so finally, in 2014, my husband and I, before we were actually married, we opened up a retail shop where we sold like, we sold like natural bedding and mattresses that didn't have like formaldehyde and pesticides and things like that. So, you know, we live in like kind of like a crunchy area, they call it. So a lot of people are like natural minded and health minded. So we did that for five years. And then like at the end of the journey, I was like, I don't want to be stuck in a retail shop. There were pieces of my business I loved. And that was the writing blog, the writing social media posts, the marketing, the meeting people. Right. Yeah. But I really didn't love being like in retail itself. And it was a really good example for me, I think, you know, when everybody talks about that six figures, like hit the six figure mark, like it was a really lifetime example for me to see that like six figures actually means nothing (laughs) if it all has, it all comes down to like what your expenses are and all of that. So anyway, we kind of went on that journey and moving out of that is how I transitioned into doing this for people because what i have found in working my entire life is that the common thread has been marketing and like helping people with getting that message clarified and out there and like down to like postcards i used to do for chiropractors offices i'm like it it was one of those threads that i just kind of like didn't wake up to until we had moved away from our last business so That's my story and my journey. And I feel like you asked me another question. Oh, just about the 96 industries. Yeah, Yeah, like everything, everything from sandblasting to uh, a sex therapist. Like just truly, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) truly like a wide variety of people. And I have like a niche, I would say, in the interior design world. So, like, I do a lot of writing for interior design and those kind of like home trades. So, that's like a big, big, Focus of mine, that and then coaches. But I have worked with many, many people. Wow.
0: That's like total opposite ends
1: of the spectrum. I know. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, depending on what kind of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not that kind of show.
0: <laughs> oh, amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing. So you're about, you know, helping your clients increase their visibility. And what really, really struck home for me was bringing their message to life. Because for me, as a host of two podcasts of your own, the platform really allows us to share our message on a global scale. So considering all the things that you've done in your careers, career history, etc. What was it that made you land on those pieces, like around visibility and messaging and that sort of personal brand piece, I guess?
1: I think part of it is because it's a little bit misunderstood. Mm. Um, You know, I think we often think of visibility and messaging as like, how can I get my message out there? How can I sell? How can I get more eyeballs on me, me, me? Yeah, When I really like to help people kind of reframe it, and look at marketing and look at visibility as like a two-way street. Like it is, yes, about being seen, super duper, but it's also about seeing the person on the other side and letting them know that you see them because, you know, life is busy and chaotic and we're all getting a lot of things thrown at us. And how good does it feel when you know that the person you're working with, the brand you're choosing to give your money to, like sees you and gets you and understands you. That is a huge, huge gift. So I think that visibility is a gift to ourselves. Like it's showing up for ourselves, but it's also a gift to the other people because we're showing that we're seeing them and it's showing up for them too.
0: That's amazing. I've never quite thought of it in that way, nor have I seen anyone explain it in that way. So that is a huge takeaway for me, and I hope our listeners kind of had that aha moment as well, I think I just want to take a step back. I think for me, you know, three years nearly in my business and visibility or being visible is definitely something that as I take the next step in my business, I, that inner critic that, you know, I call mine Eva, (laughs) pops up, pops her, her ugly head up and tries to kind of keep me to where I'm at. And I know that even when I started this podcast, that was a huge thing for me. Like, oh my goodness, I really want to do this podcast, but everyone's going to kind of know my name. And for me, that was really, really scary. So I know something that we talked about when we first met was around what does it actually mean to be visible? Because I think your definition, your explanation might help people who might be struggling with showing up in their business in the way that they would really like to so how would you explain that piece
1: i love that you have a name for your inner critic oh yes um,
0: that's a new thing
1: <laughs> mine is the food critic from ratatouille he's just like this super awful mean <laughs> mean mean inner critic oh i love that so i think that when you know when we think of it as a two-way street I think that it really does help to take a little bit of that fear out of it because we really are saying, okay, it's like this. Imagine I have something that you really, really need, right? Like I have something, you know what, let's use a, let's say that you have a cut on your finger Mm -hmm. and I have a Band-Aid and I'm like, nope, nope, I'm not going to give you the Band-Aid. Like you just have to sit there and keep on bleeding. So I want us to think of like when we choose not to be visible, we are hiding that gift or holding back on the thing that like we are meant to be offering the world, like the services and the products that we provide people, even if it's something fun like chocolate, like you are making someone's life better by being visible. And so when we hold back, we're also holding back those gifts from other people. But I don't want us to just focus on other people because I think that for me, One of the biggest changes in saying, you know what, I am going to do this is because I had to sit down one day and say to myself, am I willing to go 100% in on myself? Like, am I giving this everything I got? Am I going 100% in on me? Because most of us, nobody else is going 100% in on us, right? Like it's up to us to go in on ourselves, take a bet on ourselves. And so when I like, got clear on that. Like, yes, I am going a hundred percent in on me. I am worth going a hundred percent in on. Then I decided, you know what? There's like no turning back. Like I have no choice now, but to be visible.
0: Yeah, no, I love that. And if you're willing to share, what was that conversation with yourself? Because I have definitely been, I don't know if this is normal, but it feels like a bit of a (laughs) yo-yo, Like one week I really succeed in, yep, I'm going all in. But then Eva, you know, she pushes through and then I'm not back to square one per se, but like how do you continue to stick to the plan, the visibility plan, so to speak? Like how do you stay focused on, yes, I'm going all in and squash everything else?
1: Well, that's a really... Great question. And I think that what you're describing is totally normal. Mm-hmm. Like it's actually very normal for us to have different phases and times when we want to pause and times that we get quiet and times that we need to go within and pull back a little bit. And I and we can get into some of those like, like what really happens when you show up because sometimes what happens when you show up is you show up and you're like, oh my God, I just overshared or oh my God, I was just so vulnerable or and these are like real things that happen when you decide to be visible. Visible, Like when you decide to be visible, you're more visible. More people see you. More people see you make mistakes. More people see what you're doing. It's like just the reality. So, but one thing I want to say on the, like, how did I decide on going 100% in, and I will be very honest because I am a very honest person. So I had, I think it was back in... April or May, like it had been kind of a a rough start to this year, honestly, in my business and also in my family. Like there were just a lot of things happening. So I was looking at jobs because I was disenchanted. (laughs) I was like, this sucks. Like I don't want to be my own boss anymore. I'm just going to go work for somebody else. And there was absolutely nothing wrong with that, by the way. Mm -hmm. Like there are a lot of benefits in working for other people. So I'm not bashing that at all. Just for me, I had had it. I was like, you know what? I need to go work for somebody else, even though I said I never would. Yeah. So I'm like looking on all these job sites and stuff. And I I found some that I were interesting. And at the time, I had two businesses that I was really putting... like I was trying to put 100% into both businesses, but it's really hard to put 100% into both things. And so one of those was my She Built This community. And it was like... It was really... I was doing it not, I wasn't 100% doing it for myself. And I'm not saying like it was selfless, Mm -hmm. but I'm saying for me, I knew I hadn't given my business, my writing business, like my all because I was like splitting myself, right? Yeah. So I said to myself one day, I was like, whether or not I get a job or whether or not I decide to keep on doing what I'm doing, like there it, there can't be any more like 50% in on things. It has to be 100% because I can't give something the time and the experiment it deserves if I'm not willing to give it my all. So, but to your point of like going through cycles and waves, like also, if you're a woman, it is very normal to experience Different cycles in your life as you like, as your body is naturally doing that. And there are legit times in your cycle when it's easier to be visible. And there are legit times in your cycle when it's like, I'm just going to crawl in a hole in my PJs and eat snacks for two weeks. <laughs> so that's like really, really normal. And I think when we take that pressure off ourselves to be constantly on, to be constantly showing up and just like move a little bit more into like the rhythm and the season of things, then it's a lot easier. No, I love
0: that. What stood out for me was what you said about giving it time and experimentation. And I know patience has never been my forte. (laughs) It's never been a strength, but something that I have dealt with, navigated throughout businesses, just being sort of happy I guess content probably is a better word with where I'm at at that time and it's so interesting because I was on a call with someone earlier this week a coaching call and this other entrepreneur who was talking about how she feels like she's behind but she's got her nine to five and it's just juggling all the things and she felt like if she put like even 50% all in I know we were talking about 100% before, but even if she put 50% all in, she know her business would take off. And it's so funny because in that moment, I was like, let me just tell you, girl, you are not behind. And then I came off the call and I thought, why can't I not tell, say that to myself? <laughs> like, we're so easy to like give other people advice. But when it comes to ourselves, it's like, oh, well, no, it doesn't. It doesn't apply to me. But in terms of what you talked about, in terms of giving it time and experimentation, experimenting in business is a relatively new concept to me because I'm almost like, I don't know if it's the noise from the online, from like social media, I'm not sure. But it's almost like I need to keep beating this drum or flogging this horse until XYZ works. So let's talk a little bit about what that looks like in your world like giving something whether it's your visibility whether it's a new strategy giving it time and being open to experimentation can
1: we dig into that a little bit more sure um yeah I do think that getting traction when you're trying to be visible it does take time it's not a one and done deal like I'm, it, m- most of us are not influencers yeah. right so like obviously this Nor wouldn't apply to, to, to them yeah. right <laughs> right I don't want that Um, But it does take time. And I think a piece of time is consistency. So anytime you're deciding, I'm going to try this, like podcasting is a great example Mm -hmm. of this because I bet you see this a lot too, where someone's like, I'm going to start a podcast and then they do like 10 episodes and then they're like, oh, it didn't work. Yeah. I'm done. Okay. I'm 250 episodes in between my two shows and I'm still learning things and I'm still trying to like grow my show and I'm still like... It's just a process and it takes a lot of time. And so I think that we get frustrated because like we pitch to be on a podcast or we send um, like an article to the publisher of a magazine or we apply for the speaking thing and we they say no, mm. right? They turn us down. And it's like, okay, try again. Try again somewhere else. <laughs> try again in a different way.
0: Rewrite yeah, the pitch. Kid, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, Exactly. Because it it tends to not just like happen to us. Like we don't tend to just be like magically discovered overnight. Mm. We have to keep on putting in that effort and that commitment. And I know that that's like, oh, that sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> and it is a lot of work. But I will say this. I think it gets easier over time for, t- for two reasons. First of all, I think you build your confidence muscle. Mm. So like, I've pitched a lot of people to be on my show That I, okay, Gretchen Rubin is a great example.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So she, she wrote the book, The Happiness Project, and I pitched her to be on my show and like crickets didn't hear back. So like old me was like, oh, I'm not good enough, you know, like I didn't hear back, but it's Gretchen Rubin, right? So I just pitched to people like that, like on a consistent basis, even if I don't have any expectations that I will ever hear back from them. And the bigger my show gets, the more popular people I get on my show the more those people are likely to say yes to me. And it happens time and time and time again. So my point is it gets easier and you gain more confidence every single time you take a step. And even when people tell you no, I think it still helps to build your confidence because you took a courageous step. Like you had the guts to take that step in the first place. And as we take courageous steps, like our confidence muscles just keep on getting stronger and stronger and stronger because now we're just like, well, I'm less scared to make the ask now, (laughs) you know?
0: Yeah, that's a really good example, actually, because I know when I started this podcast, I was never planning to (laughs) interview or have a conversation. It was going to be a solo show because talking to other people was just really scary Um, But you're right, the first one I did was with my coach. Um, But then you're right, the more you do, the more guest interviews I did, the more confident I've become. But podcasting is the perfect example because like you said, people start, they don't see the results or it's usually that they haven't planned what happens after launch. They've totally underestimated what goes into running their show post-launch it's not like when you're launching a new offer you get people in and then you know you start work like you have to release episodes on a consistent basis and whatever consistent looks like for you like it doesn't have to be three times a week it could be once a week it could be once twice a month but yeah I'm glad you mentioned that because my confidence on a personal level my confidence has grown so so much since like, I started the show two, two and a half years ago. So that's a really, really good example.
1: Yeah. And it gives you confidence in other, like, you know, one thing I find is that as I like expand my comfort zones, I'm like, oh, it's way bigger than I thought. Like I thought it, there's a author, Terry Trespicio, and she talks about how like, getting out of your comfort zone just for the sake of like getting out of your comfort zone is stupid, but like getting out of your comfort zone for the purpose of growth and like taking, like, taking courageous action, like that's where it's beautiful. And as I do that, like I find like, oh, it's actually just a bigger zone yeah. than I thought it was. Like I thought it was like this little tiny dog kennel, you know, and it's actually like this giant field. And as you keep on expanding it and expanding it and expanding it, you find that you're comfortable in more situations.
0: Yeah. So I wanna ask a quick, somewhat personal question. If you're happy to share, what would you say is the biggest step outside of your comfort zone that you've taken in terms of your visibility?
1: That's a great question. Um, I think at first, oh, you know what it was? (laughs) It was actually doing my own workshops. And so so let me like I do speak for like a lot of organizations and I do workshops for them. Mm. And I also will I u- collaborated with a lot of people to do workshops together. But what I was doing in essence was like hiding behind other people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so I decided to do one of my own recently, actually this year. And so that was a really really like that was uncomfortable for me. And I'm like, you know, first of all, it was like, what if nobody shows up? Then it was like, what if I'm not doing a good job? Like when it's for an organization, you know, it's kind of on them (laughs) a little bit. Like I know I'm going to do what I promised I was going to do. But when people are paying me the money, it just felt a little bit scarier. So that was one this year that I think was really big. And then I'll just give you one more. Um, I was recently on a podcast where he had sent the questions ahead of time I like to be prepared and like I kind of over prepare, you know, (laughs) he had sent the questions ahead of time, but he put me on the spot and like suddenly (laughs) like we were like (laughs) editing on the fly and I was like, oh, my God, this is so uncomfortable. But like it went really, really well. And I realized in that moment, like, oh, my comfort zone is a lot bigger than I was making it, you know?
0: Yeah, I think I saw
1: you share it on your stories like yeah went I totally off hands. topic <laughs> yeah he was like plot twist we're sharing my screen <laughs> I know I
0: would have been like uh no <laughs> but you seem to handle it really really well so that's that's fantastic so thank you for sharing I just kind of wanted to put some meat on the bones I like to give examples so that our listeners can kind of relate it to something that they're experiencing themselves but I can imagine like with the workshops, I, I like speaking on podcasts, but workshops or speaking on stages, that would definitely be my, the bigger, <laughs> the bigger comfort zone.
1: It's just like a podcast, but everybody can see you. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the bit that freaks me out.
0: <laughs> like the eyes
1: <laughs> on me, that's the bit that's like, oh, yeah. But no, it's, I promise it gets really, really addicting and fun once you start. Yeah, I, I really do think so. Yeah,
0: I can imagine because I've done some um, guest expert speaking opportunities and like memberships and stuff. And in the lead up, I'm a bag of nerves. But yeah, once I get into my presentation and people are engaging and the chat's going off, then you do kind of find your your comfort zone. You're like, oh yes, this is going well, and all those thoughts just suddenly slide away. I think, like you said, it's kind of, it's the, not the warm-up, but it's the bit before, because you you know deep down you can do it, but I didn't realize before starting my business how, what's the word, not strong, powerful
1: our brains are. I totally think that being an entrepreneur is like, a, a, like so much self-work. Yeah. You know, you have to be working on yourself all the time because you come up against things that you, you, may not necessarily in working for somebody else or something that you can just kind of like pass off and focus on working instead. You know, (laughs) he's like, well, I have have no choice. (laughs) Yeah,
0: got to deal with it one way or the other. Okay, so I would love to know if there are any tips or any strategies for our listeners and myself too that you would recommend when it comes to increasing our visibility. Because as you mentioned, this is something that we have to do. This was an aha moment that I had a couple of weeks ago, actually, when I realized, love my Instagram community. But when you're speaking to the same people and everyone's not necessarily your ideal client or maybe your ideal collaborations, you need to get in front of more people what are some tips or strategies or maybe the best visibility types is that a category (laughs) the the best ways that you found have worked well for you in terms of getting in front of a right a right fit audience
1: yeah there are so many um and i like to think a little bit like outside the box like collaboration is a really good example um, I think that collaborating with other people is such a good way to increase both of your visibility. So what I mean by that is like you and I doing this, when your episode comes live, I'm going to now be sharing that on my social media platforms and with my friends and my connections. So like you just gave, you know, you gave me a microphone where I'm saying my name and people are listening to my voice, but vice versa, I also get to share your name and your voice with the people that I'm connected to. So podcast guesting is such a great way to increase your visibility, I think. And, and also like wherever there's like a workshop or a presentation option where you do get to team up with somebody else. So here we have something called Score and it's like a free organization for entrepreneurs to get like business consulting. And I do a ton of workshops with them. And as a result, like, lots and lots of score people know my name. And I get to pour so much information and help and like valuable stuff for them. So it's like a win, 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 right? It's like a triple win and score gets the content. So it's like everybody is winning. And that's what I love about a collaboration. Like a collaboration to me is anything you can come up with. That's like one plus one equals way bigger than one. (laughs) You know, it's like a triple win for everybody. The other thing is like, if you're a service provider, for example, and you have a service that's complementary to somebody else. So for example, for me, I'm a copywriter and I work with a lot of website designers. So I was recently at a dinner, like a networking dinner, and I was sitting next to this web designer who I know, like she's in my network, but we've never actually had a conversation. And so we were getting to know each other a little better and stuff. And we were we were complaining about clients that come to us without like without copy and or people that take my copy and like implement it into some like awful awful oh. site and I it's just like heartbreaking you know you're like oh my god you ruined it <laughs> <laughs> so so we were talking about this and she was like well we should collaborate and I was like yeah I don't know why we haven't you know we're in the same like I work with a lot of web designers so what we did was we both wrote a blog well so I created a podcast episode on like why you should take time to kind of like set the foundation and do things right at the beginning and hire the pros to do the job that you don't want to do, like write your own copy. And she wrote a blog. We posted it on each other's websites for each other. We put it in our email newsletter. We put it on LinkedIn. So like, that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. So that's how I like to think of increasing our visibility. Like, how can I think outside the box, bigger than just my Instagram, bigger than just my Facebook? Um, The other thing I love about that is like visibility surprises you all the time. So in meeting you, I feel like I have a new friend, you know, in talking to that website designer, it's like I had no idea where that conversation was going, you know, and I think that's another piece of thinking outside the box is like sometimes when you just focus on taking action steps, visibility opportunities like start popping up all around you And then you can follow those little like threads of curiosity and you have no idea where they will take you. It's really astounding.
0: Yeah, I love out of the box. I think that's something that I try to do in my business, just try and come up with different things that other people haven't thought about before. So I love that, like the guest blogging, but on a specific topic that your ideal clients would resonate with. And of course, the SEO element means that those blogs will live on your websites and continue to drive traffic for years and years to come. Would you say that's another thing to think about, like the long-term effort versus short-term when it comes to your visibility efforts?
1: Oh, totally. And I always talk about how like our podcasts, our blogs, like I want to create like a, like a body of content, you know, like I want it to be like there is literally no way that you access content that you could not somehow interact with mine, <laughs> you know? So that's a great way to think about it is like somebody could discover that blog in three years from now, you know? Yeah. And so, I mean, SEO, you're speaking to like, that's like, we could go on a total tangent with that. <laughs>
0: totally different episodes.
1: <laughs> because that's another slow build, but it's so, so worth it. So um, I love that you brought that, that out yeah
0: no a hundred percent and something else that we talked about and you touched on it a moment ago in terms of your reference to the web designer is about relationships and I know I've heard people say it or read about it about how important it is to network and build those relationships what are some ways you've mentioned the dinner and podcast guesting but what are some other ways that you network and how do you build those relationships with other people? So like this web designer, of course, you've done, you know, you've done the blogs on each other's websites. How do you continue now to build and foster that relationship? Because I think that's something a lot of us aren't doing or doing well.
1: So I have all sorts of, I'm, I'm kind of like you. I wouldn't say, I, we can't call this bad, okay? But I don't really like like large-scale networking things. I really like one-to-one stuff. You know, at the most, like maybe like a group of like four or five people yeah. is is my jam. Um, but there are all sorts of other ways. And there's a, am I allowed to say swear if it's the name of a oh, book? Oh yeah, go for it. Okay, there's a book and podcast called This Shit Works. And it's by Julie Brown. And she says that there are these magical words and they are just, I'm thinking of you. And that is such a powerful way to like reconnect with somebody, like send them an email and be like, oh, I'm thinking of you or I was thinking of you. Um, I like little things like I use Instagram stories as a way to build connection. Yes. And you're going to be like, OK, this is so millennial of you, Emily. But really? Like, I find my people in Instagram stories either based on what they share or based on what I share, and we, like, start whole entire conversations on those things. But other ideas are, like, sending thank you cards to people that you you have meetings with because that just, like, pops you back into their awareness. They tend to thank you for your thank you card. So then you just opened up, like, another conversation. And the other one I love is, like, I send, like, a little gift to all of my clients And I also send a little gift if somebody like refers me Mm. a client. So I kind of try to recognize like, thank you. I so much appreciate you. And, you know, it goes both ways. So if I find somebody that I can refer to you, I'm going to return the favor. Um, You know, the other one is like, I think sometimes sometimes. I find the people I want to connect with in like a Facebook group, for example. Okay, like the podcast collab. I think that's how you and I met. Yes. That's a great one. So we like find the people that we want to connect with in those groups, but then we take it elsewhere. It's like okay, I'm not going to just like sit here in a Facebook group and like become
0: friends and comments later. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly.
1: So I think that's important too. Is like, sure, start it online, but then take it elsewhere, like Voxer. I don't know what if you use that tool, but it's like a walkie talkie app. And I think that's another way too, that I just kind of like consistently can build connections with not too many people because I don't like to have like a million friends, (laughs) but but just the people that are really, really, uh, that I want to be close to and keep those relationships strong. Yeah, no,
0: I love that. I hadn't thought about, I use it with my clients or like a coach, but I hadn't thought about keeping that connection with like you said, that close knit ring Of biz besties or biz collaborators. So I love that idea. I wanted to actually ask you about Instagram, your Instagram stories, because even earlier today, I noticed that you do have a balance between your own stuff, but you do reshare a lot of other people's stuff to your stories. And, you know, if we were to listen to the Instagram coach, they would say not to do that. But I did wonder if that was part of a visibility strategy or a networking strategy? Could we talk a little bit more about that?
1: Hilarious. Um, I definitely do everything wrong on Instagram. <laughs> I just find it, like, honestly, I do it for kicks and giggles okay. because I'm so over Instagram. I probably am never going to create a reel. Like, I know I should, yeah. and I just don't. I have literally zero desire. Um, So... I use Instagram more of like as a joy experiment for myself (laughs) because people are always saying how like negative social media is and like how, you know, much it drags you down. But I actually like that is one platform that I'm like, this is just fun. And I think it's because I go seeking those positive things and I go seeking things that are fun. So I don't actually share that much in my Instagram stories about myself because I mean, when I do, it's like, look at these cute mushrooms I found on my wall. Yeah, this is what I did at the weekend. Yeah. Yeah, I did notice that. They're so cute. Yeah. (laughs) And it's true. I mean, that's like my life. So that's what I mean about using Instagram as more like a relationship building tool than like a a marketing tool for myself. Yeah. Don't take tips from me.
0: (laughs) Well, I think it depends on the person, right? Because I know I spent two and a half years maybe thinking that I had to be on Instagram. And now I'm at a point where I'll post if I'm in the right energy, but if I'm not, then I'm not gonna force myself to post. But I love where you're at and that's where I'm working towards. Like I want to definitely see it as a place of joy, but you do need to have a solid marketing strategy where your clients or your collaborations or referrals are coming from other places. And you're not necessarily, I don't want to use the word relying, but Instagram is more of a playground rather than a big part of your marketing strategy.
1: Yeah, I think that for me, LinkedIn and then also Facebook groups tend to be where I focus. And I know you don't love LinkedIn. Um, No, I just deactivated my account. (laughs) Yeah. I was trying to tag you today and I couldn't find you. No. So that's where I tend to focus like my quote unquote marketing and also my email. Like I absolutely love writing my email. So that's, I'm really glad you said you have to be in the right energy because I do believe this. When we are trying to force ourselves to be visible in ways that just like simply do not feel good for us, it's like, maybe you need to look at that and ask yourself if it's really worth it for you. Because I don't personally, like I don't think that marketing needs to be a slog. I don't think that we need to do all the things. I think we need to focus on the things that we really enjoy doing marketing wise. Like I have people I talk to who are like, I don't use any social media. A hundred percent of my business comes from referrals, right? Because they focus a hundred percent on referrals and connections and like, I'm like, well, that's exciting, but that's not me right now, you know? So looking at where you're like, where you really want to spend your time and energy and then like how you want to kind of do it. And that's to your point. That's sort of why I was like, well, Instagram, I have literally never gotten a client out of. And probably if I sat down with some sort of Instagram expert, like I could change that. But I'm just like, I don't
0: know, I feel like I've (laughs) taken plenty of Instagram (laughs) courses and Yes, I've had clients, well no. I've had clients reach out to me on Instagram, but like when they work with me and they fill out my form, they've either heard me on this podcast or another podcast and they've just followed me until they're ready to take the next step. But I don't think I've ever got a client directly. Like, you know you hear these coaches, "Oh, someone just found me and 5 minutes later, <laughs> they yeah. got my services." That has not been my situation Um, so at the moment as you mentioned it's about finding the right marketing strategy for me LinkedIn isn't for me and plus I'm trying to get off social media in general so I'm just going down the collaborations route at the moment with a bit of Pinterest and more one-to-one coffee chats because I'm more of a one-to-one rather than you, you were saying earlier about groups I work best in, on a one-to-one basis. So it's just about finding what works best for you. But as you mentioned, there's so many collaborations Like I've been looking into it and there's like freebie swaps, there's guest blogging, as you mentioned, there's bundles, there's summits, there's, there's so much opportunity out there for you to get in front of the right people, your tribe, your community, and I've never heard anyone say what you just said about, you know, marketing doesn't have to be a slog. I think a lot of us, unless you really love it because you do it, <laughs> you're a marketing assistant or a marketing coach or whatever. But a lot of us feel that way. And then it becomes something that we don't enjoy doing. It just feels like a chore. and But it's the core of our business, right? If we don't market our business, then what are we doing? <laughs> we'll remain hidden. So that was, yeah, that was a really, really interesting point. So before we wrap up, is there anything that we haven't talked about that we might have missed that you would like to mention?
1: I think that one last thing I want to mention is just that I think that when you start getting visible and being visible, you also see yourself more clearly. And that comes with part of what we were talking about before, which is growth. Like sometimes you see things that you're like, "Ooh, I do not like how I do that or say that or show up like that. But I also think that it helps you to see the best parts of yourself, your strengths. It helps you know more deeply what matters to you, what lights you up, what your values are. And like, I can honestly say that getting visible has been just as much like inner work as it has been to the external stuff. And it's given me like a really deep appreciation for some of the things that I never would have even known about myself before being visible. Do you recommend
0: then that we kind of evaluate our appearances? Because you mentioned that sometimes we might look back and is that something that you practice or you recommend to your clients?
1: No, I pretty much have never watched back a video that I've done. Yeah. (laughs) I will listen back to a podcast episode that I've done. Like I will listen back to this one because I like to hear, you know, I think as you work through your message, you refine it more and more and more and more. And so I think that the more you show up, the more like clear you get, the more certain of your message you get. Um, so I like to listen back and also obviously I proofread what I write, (laughs) um, But I would not watch a video of myself, not for any reason, except that that's just like, who needs that, you know?
0: (laughs) Who needs the stress?
1: Amazing.
0: Thank you so much, Emily. Before we go, I would love it if you could share
1: with us where our audience can find you. Well, thank you for that. And thanks so much for having me. This Mm -hmm. was a really fun and thorough conversation. The easiest way to find me is just emilyaborn.com. And you can see the picture of my cute little mushrooms on Instagram at the very bottom of that page. Definitely.
0: I follow you and I'm like, oh, I'm always entertained. And I love that you have confirmed that it's more a space where you find joy and there's no pressure on the business side of things. More of us should definitely do that. All righty. Well, thank you, Emily, for being here and sharing all your insights about visibility. Please head on over to Emily's website, follow her on Instagram or connect with her on LinkedIn, wherever your chosen platform is. And of course, learn more about her copywriting services if you are indeed on the lookout for someone to write your copy. Thank you so much, Emily. And we'll speak soon. Thanks, Rosemary. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Podcast to Amplify show. I want to hear from you reach out on Instagram and let me know your next action step towards creating a strategic and intentional podcast that grows your business and personal brand. Also, can I ask a favor? Can you share this episode on your story so more impact-driven female business owners, just like you, are encouraged to use their voices to make a global impact? Thanks so much and I'll see you in the next episode.